Appreciate this opportunity. Pastor uh, Wood and family, everyone inviting us out here. Uh, just been treated cordially and royally since we've been here. Um, what do you call it? I know we've technically we've been here a few hours, but um, it's just it's been a blessing. Um, it's a long history and story behind it all, but suffice it to say that God has his ways of working in people's lives to bring people together at the right time and meeting the right people in your life. And I thank God for uh, your pastor. I thank God for his wife. Um, I know uh, his wife and my wife have known each other for a long time, been corresponding, and I was absolutely flattered when uh, your pastor asked us to come out and work, help work in the VBS. We've helped in VBSs in the past, um, taught in VBSs, done all kinds of children's ministries, and it was an absolute blessing and uh, privilege to be called to come out here and help you guys out and work with you guys. I'm looking forward to it. I am stoked. I'm ready. Uh, I just hope you guys are the same after we leave. Amen. Hope I don't, I hope I don't, um, what's the word? Warp you. Amen. Uh, give you a good Texas, um, give you a good uh, uh, Texas warp when I'm, while, while we're here. Um, I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas, so uh, you never know what you're going to hear this week. Amen. But uh, I appreciate this opportunity um, to preach tonight. I want to try to give you a shot in the arm and encouragement tonight. Um, I don't know what kind of week some of you have had. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 tonight. Hebrews chapter 4. Um, working in Madagascar had its challenges. Working in South Africa had its challenges. Working with people has challenges. It just does. I've heard many pastors tell me the ministry would be easy if it wasn't for people. But that's whom God, who, who God has called us to work with. Amen. Jesus worked with 12 people, and one of them was a devil. So uh, we're not perfect, folks. None of us are perfect. But God has, God has his challenges with us all, but he also encourages us and motivates us to do better. Amen. He knows we're frail. He knows we're but dust. He knows we're going to fail him, but he doesn't give up on us. He wants us to know he's always there no matter what. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says, let us therefore labor, uh, excuse me, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man follow after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible cuts deep, folks. We can, we can control our minds and our, our, the intents of our heart, but God's word will cut us where nobody can find. No, no doctor is going to be able to take an x-ray, an MRI, a CT scan of your heart, and find things that only God knows. God knows things about us nobody else does, and the Bible says the word of God gets us there. Amen? Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What a passage. I memorized this as a teenager. I love the book of Hebrews. I'm going to speak tonight just for a few moments. Our profession and our priest. Our profession and our priest. 
Uh, stay with me, please. Lord, uh, we thank you for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the kickstarting the VBS uh, uh, here tomorrow and uh, anticipating kids coming, Lord, and hopefully uh, many children will attend. Going to have parents hopefully excited, bringing their kids. And God of heaven, just what a blessing it is to plan such an amazing project and uh, to think about who might hear the gospel this week. Could be another missionary, could be another pastor, could be who knows. Um, Lord, we pray you bless tonight. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hide me behind the cross. Thank you for this opportunity. May I say what I should say, the way I should say it, and not to say anything I shouldn't say. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, it's one of my favorite books. It's not my favorite book. And the book of Hebrews is written, the theme of Hebrews is, is the superiority of Christ. It was written to Christians, uh, to Jews who were facing persecution uh, for turning to Christ and rejecting the old, uh, old ways of worship, uh, looking unto Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And he explains that because there were Jews who were facing suffering persecution for desiring to leave the old ways behind and to follow Christ, that uh, uh, he's trying to encourage them, look, folks, let's go on. Uh, chapter 6, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Uh, uh, the, these, these, these Jews were being hounded and persecuted, many of them, and the temptation was to draw back, the temptation was to go back to their old ways. And uh, we saw that in Madagascar, Many of our people in Madagascar, when they get saved, uh, animism was a bit was a main religion there. Uh, is the main religion there? Animism or the or the wor worshiping their ancestors. They they got it from Asia, and what happens is many of the Malagasy people they. They have tombs all over the place. They have these tombs built all over the country. You see them in the city, outside the city, doesn't matter. They're like houses. They look like houses um, uh, for the dead, basically. And they will go into these tombs. They'll bury their loved ones in there. But the point is that they will worship these loved ones. They will worship the dead ancestors and because of fear that the spirits of their ancestors will come back, ruin their crops, kill their children, etc., etc. So I say all that because when, the, when a Malagasy person trusts Christ as Savior and they realize how, uh, how wrong they've been taught, how, how sinful their, their lifestyle has been, and that they need to turn to Jesus Christ for eternal salvation, for many of them it's a sacrifice because they're turning their back on tradition that their fathers, in fact, um, uh, you see this on, on, on many government buildings, Tanindrazan, the land of our fathers. It is big news to them. For many of them, if they turn to Christ, their fathers disinherit them. They are cut off from inheritance from their fathers. And that's a big deal. Inheriting land, inheriting cattle, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Stuff that you and I may not consider a big deal, it's huge to them. But many of them are willing to turn their back on all that for Christ. It's huge. Now, maybe some of you gave up a great deal of life and business to become a Christian. Maybe some of you gave up certain things to follow Christ. Maybe some of you haven't, and it's still a battle. I don't know. But tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I want us to notice a couple of things about our profession. What do I mean, our, our profession? Well, I'm glad you asked. 
The first thing I want you to notice is we need to hold fast our profession. What is our profession? Our profession, our profession literally means to, our, to acknowledge or to confess something. In other words, as Christians, as Christians, uh, Hebrews 4.14 says, seeing that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Don't be ashamed of what we believe. Let's not be ashamed of what we believe as Christians, as believers in Jesus. Jesus Christ, our lifestyle. You go, out, you, you go outside these doors and the, the public sees you. People in society see you. They see you leave the church parking lot. You say you go to Choice Hills Baptist Church. What do you believe as a Choice Hills Baptist Church believer? What do you believe as a Christian? What, why, why, why should I be a Christian is what they'll ask you. What makes you so different than me? What makes you so different? We need to hold fast our profession, folks. We need not be ashamed of naming the name of Christ. We need not be ashamed of what we're doing this week. Vacation Bible school. Well, I, I wouldn't do that. That's below me, some people might say. Well, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Number one, we can believe, we, we, we can say with all certainty, number one, that we have powerful scriptures. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people who go to psychics and palm readers and mediums out there. In Madagascar, they go to witch doctors, people who cast spells and enchantments and all these attempts at finding what is the future for my life? What, is, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I was telling my wife the other day that we run into young people here and there and yonder all over the place who have no aim, no direction for their life. They don't know what they're going to do with the rest of their life. Maybe I'll go to college for a couple of years. Maybe I'll do this. They have no direction. And it's sad. God could give them a direction and passion for what they want to do the rest of their life, glorifying God in whatever capacity that is. And for, folks, we have the scriptures to guide us. We don't have to be ashamed of that. I'm a Bible believer. People ask me, are you, are you a KJV only? Yes, I am. I'm not ashamed of that. Some people are. When we were in language school, we had some missionaries who would come through, uh, other missionaries to learn French, and uh, some were from America, some were from other parts of the world, Holland, Germany, or whatever, and they would ask me, oh, are, uh, you're an American. Are, are you a King James only? Almost, almost like it's secretive. Are you King James only? And I tell them, yes, I am. I believe the King James Bible. And they look at me like I'm, I got three heads. Why do you believe such a funny, fabled book? They'd ridicule us in language school. We did not have a lot of friends because of our stand on the Bible, on God's word, and our walk with God. That's okay. One of the things I found is as you walk with God, the true friends actually come together to you, whereas your not-so-true friends just kind of fade away on their own. Friends, this book, this book, will give us the power to live for God each day. It's quick. It's alive. It has life in it. Then it says it's quick and it's powerful. The word powerful means effective. It's effective. I want an effective life. I don't want to just go through life. I want to have an effective life. I want to touch people effectively. Amen? You go to the doctor, you have a problem, you want him to give you effective medicine. Otherwise, you waste your time. Effective. The word of God is effective in people's lives and they know it. If you don't believe me, 
just go after church or sometime this week, just take your Bible, go into Walmart or any public place and just start waving it. Just start waving it. Bible's the word of God and see what kind of reaction you get. It's effective because people fear the Bible and people respect the Bible like no other book. We have a book, folks, so let's hold fast our profession. I'm a Bible, Bible believer. This is my standard. This is what I'm holding to. This is how you're going to know eternal life. This is how you can go to heaven. This is what will give you direction, young people. This will help your marriage. This will help your life. In South Africa, we got heckled and ridiculed by some missionaries because we did hold to the King James, because we did hold uh, to, the, to biblical methods of discipling and preaching to people. Not everyone agrees with it, and that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. But I want to be effective. I don't want to just fill up a church pew. I don't want just people to come to hear me entertain them for 45 minutes. No, sir. I want my life to mean something. I want my time to, uh, to amount to something. And you know what happened? The South Africans told us we like you and your wife because you don't lie to us. They hate being lied to. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. I may not like it, but don't lie to me. <laughs> Tell me the truth. The Bible, it's our foundation for our faith. Thank God that we can go to the Bible and find repentance. We can find salvation by grace. Our Christianity rests on this book right here, not the traditions of man. We have a, uh, let's hold fast our profession. Let's hold fast. Let's, uh, let's make it known unashamedly that we are Bible believers. That's our standard. That's our standard. Not only that, but we have a pitying priest. We have a pitying priest. What do I mean? Verse 13. Verse 13, he says, neither is, there, uh, uh, neither is there any creature that is not manifest. Oh, sorry, yeah. Neither is there not any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. You see, Jesus isn't just a good priest. He's a great one. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. In other words, not only can we openly admit or profess that we have a perfect guidebook of life to help us, but we have a priest, we have a, a God in heaven who knows exactly what we are facing. The only difference is that we sin and he didn't. What do I mean? The expression touched with the feeling in this verse, who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That word, that expression touched with the feeling literally means to feel sympathy. In other words, Folks, it's one thing for someone to, 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 to you tell them what you're facing, to, to tell them what you're going through, heartache or praise or whichever way, and for them to say, you know what, I've been through there. I, I know exactly what you mean. And tell their story, and it's like, wow, we came from the same apple tree. It happened to me, it happened like that too to me. There are other people who can empathize, and they pray for you, and they hurt for you, but they, they don't really understand what that's like. And that's fine. They have a different life experience. That's okay. But there is nothing like having someone, you tell them your story, not because you want pity, you're just needing to vent, you're needing to tell them how this feels, and they know exactly what it feels like. I know exactly how it feels to break your arm because I've broken my arm. Yes, I was uh, little, I was up in a tree as an eight-year-old boy, thought I was Superman saving the world from doom. Yes, I did. I was in the backyard. My grandma was in the house, and I was up there 
I'm telling on myself here, okay? And my super breath saved the world. I was able to pull out all, put out all the volcano, the lava, all that's in my mind. I'm saving the world here. But then Superman met kryptonite. I slipped on a branch. I fell, wham, broke my wrist. And oh, did it hurt. I screamed, I yelled, it was bad. I looked up and my arm was twisted in a way it wasn't naturally supposed to twist. But I tell that story and people are like, yeah, my arm hurt too. You know, I know how it feels because I've broken a bone. It hurts. And when your heart hurts because it's broken, life has shattered you. It's nice to know someone who not only knows how that feels but cares. And God comes up beside us like that friend and he says, I know how that feels. I made you. I know exactly how that feels. Let me put a little salve on that, some grace, and help you. You know, maybe some of you leading into this week, it's not been a good life. But we're coming into VBS, and it's time to charge hell with a squirt gun. The devil's going to give you some licks. Well, let's give him some licks back. I'm not going to put retreat back into my neutral corner. I'm going to get my, my, my gloves on. And like I used to tell Ben in Madagascar right before church service, let's give the devil a kick in the teeth. He's kicked us in the ribs this week. Let's give him a kick in the teeth. Let's see how he likes it. We have a pitying priest. He knows exactly what we're going through. And he can give us strength like we do not know. Amen? That grace it's like taking that perfect medicine, that nasty cough syrup that mom always says, it's going to help you feel better. So you take it, it, it tastes disgusting. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? I don't care what flavor it is. They come up with all kinds of flavors to market this stuff, Robitussin, Chloroceptic, whatever it is, and it tastes disgusting. It could be bubble gum. I don't know. It still tastes disgusting. But once it goes through the pipes, it's like, oh, the fever's gone. All right, let's go play. It feels good. Now, listen to me. Sometimes God's medicine does not taste good. It does not feel good, but it's effective. And that's what we need to keep on going. Amen. Our profession. Let's hold fast our profession. And finally, our, let us come boldly into the throne of grace. Our priest is waiting for us. Our great high priest, Jesus Christ. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? Why do I need to go there? That, I, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now what, what will you find at this throne of grace? Number one, he said mercy. Mercy. Now, we might say, Lord, have mercy or please have mercy on me. But that's not what this is talking about. Mercy here means like in Oklahoma City, there's a network of hospitals called Mercy Hospital. And it's basically the idea is kindness of goodwill towards the miserable and the afflicted joined with the desire to help them. Someone comes in, they've been shot or badly injured in an accident. They come into a hospital, a clinic, and the nurse grabs them, the doctor takes them and holds them in mercy. And shows them that love that only, like only a mother could give them or whatever. That kind of mercy. And God oftentimes takes our break, uh, uh, breaking 
ailing spirit, our heart, our soul, our mind. We're at our wit's end. We're, we're, we're shattered. We're shattered. We need mercy because the world's not going to give it to us. No one's going to cry for us. The devil's going to rejoice over our failure. The devil's going to rejoice over our, our pain and our suffering. In fact, he's going to sprinkle some salt in it. Make us want to quit. Make us want to doubt why we're doing what we're doing, folks. But the God of heaven comes along and says, let me give you a little mercy for that. You ever known someone to give that needle to you, inject you with the, with the IV, and you had no idea that they even did it? Oh, I hate needles. My wife hates needles. It seems like those people, people who hate needles, every needle is this long. Amen? It's like, you're not going to put that in my arm. I already did. You did? You did. Amazing. I love you. I love you. You know, and you, you pass out. You know, the medicine kicks in. Count to three. One, two. That's what God does with us. Count to three and wait for me to work. Amen? Because we have a priest who knows exactly how to help us. Mercy. And not only mercy, but grace. He gives us grace. What is grace? The word grace here means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness. He'll give us the grace to make this unforgettable for a lot of kids this week. You see, one of the things that we found in Madagascar was we took a year and a half furlough back in 2000. I think we started in 2015. We started, we, we came back in 2016-ish around there. We took a year and a half furlough, had to raise some support. We lost some in our first term. Took a year and a half furlough, raised support, came back. And January the next year, we had, had our, we had our uh, revival um, uh, watch night service. Well, past New Year's, a couple of days, um, about 2.30 in the morning, we were woke up with a bunch of lights in our eyes. A bunch of four robbers came into our house, um, put a gun, gun to our face, and you know, basically give us what you got, give us your money. And I said, Simbi Sibula, we don't have any money. Eisenibula, Eisenibula, where's the money? Where's the money? They were looking all over the house, flashlights in our eyes, got us on the side of our bed, caught the gun, you stay right there or we'll kill you. And as they ransacked the house, longest 30 minutes of our life. We didn't know if they were going to kill us or kidnap us. We had no idea. They tried to separate us. We wouldn't leave each other. Wasn't going to happen. They stole a bunch of stuff, locked us in a room. We busted out. Well, in the process, I tried to fight off one of the robbers, and they stabbed me with a pitchfork. Um, I didn't realize how bad it was until the next day. Daylight came, and it was pretty, it was pretty rough. I went to a pediatrician, doctor that we knew. He bandaged it up, gave me some medicine. Oh, that hurt. He had to scrub the wound. You ever have that happen to you? You know, the doctor says, it's going to hurt you. Yeah, it hurt all right. He scrubbed the wound. He patched it up. He patched it up, put a bandage on it. And then um, next day at church, this was Saturday, early Saturday morning. Next day at church, we had the 18 to 25-year-old class that we taught. Got up, had the bandage on my arm, taught class, and um, people were asking me, what happened to your arm? What, what, what's wrong with your arm? I said, no, I heard it. It's okay. 
I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, have, I didn't feel the liberty to share what happened with the church folks. They go through this every day. They get robbed and, 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 and things happen to them all the time. And for it to happen to us, I don't know, the Lord just didn't give me peace about sharing it. So Ben did. Ben asked me, do you mind if I share what happened with the people? I said, that's fine. No problem. They got mad. My, they robbed my preacher. They want to go out and hurt somebody. I said all that to say this. I look back now, and that was a scary, freaky time. Most people wanted us to, would want, they asked us, are you going to leave? Are you going to leave Madagascar? Are you, are, are you ever coming back? We didn't leave. We stayed. We, went, we worked through it with Ben and Ashley and, uh, and the church folks. But here's my point, folks. No matter how bad it got, God gave us the grace to stay. And consequently, because we did stay, there were people in the church who came up to us, one family in particular. They were in our slides, Eri, Ingo, and Francia. They came up to us. We had been working with him and disciple him. He now teaches the class that we taught. He walked up to me and he said, Pastor, now I know your faith is real. He said, I've been watching you. You didn't leave. You could have left. You could have gone on a plane and gone back to America. It would have been easy for you. But you stayed, and we now know your God is real. You know, some people are watching you this week. You've had a hard go, and they're watching your face. You're not alone. God doesn't necessarily take away what is breaking our heart at the moment, but he will give us the mercy and grace we need to get us through the time of difficulty. God may see that we need the difficulty in our life, but he will give us the mercy and grace to bear the struggle. So believer friend, we can openly profess and admit to the world, I'm a Bible believer and I serve a God who, yes, my life may not be perfect. And I go through some kickings. I, I get beat up, but thank God I've got a priest like no other. I've got a God like no other that gets me through it to the other side. So let's get together this week, folks. Let's get together with Jesus. Let's get, go, get together with the pastor. Let's get behind this, charge hell with a squirt gun, and show these boys and girls this week what Jesus is all about the life, the joy he can give them. It's not going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy. But, oh, it's a lot easier on Jesus' side. Amen? It's a jungle out there, yes. But the jungle with Jesus makes it all worth it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Pastor? Pastor?